What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the CodaCast. My name is Brian Bermudez, and I'm here with a very special guest, museum curator Josh Stahl. Welcome uh, to the show, Josh. All right. Well, thank you. I'm uh, glad to be here and uh, look forward to uh, walking through the museum with you and telling you a little about uh, Cradle of Aviation. Thank you so much for having us. You know, this is a museum that I used to come to as a student and then as a professional I used to visit. This is a very special place. And I've been to other aviation <laughs> museums around the country. What, in your opinion, what makes this stand out? What makes this place special? Uh, there's a couple things that are different about this museum as compared to other aviation museums. First of all, we're basically a local history museum. We tell the story of what happened with aviation and space flight through what happened on Long Island. It's the companies that were here, the people that contributed, the historic events that were here. And we cover the whole history of aviation and space flight from the late 19th century up till today. And it's amazing how much happened here uh, on Long Island. So we cover that whole history over a century of flight. And uh, our collection's kind of unique in that we have a little bit both from every era, from the pioneer aircraft, the golden age, World War II, jets, spacecraft, military aircraft, civil aircraft. So you basically have all the bases covered with a little bit of aircraft in every era of aviation history. And I see that now recently, you've been working, working on an exhibit here for drones. So you kind of see that evolution going <laughs> all the way from the beginning, from the Wright brothers, all the way going to drone technology. Would you say that's one of the biggest things transitioning here? Um, yeah, um, we're, we show, uh, last couple of years, we do temporary exhibits dealing with aspects of modern aviation. Okay. So that's something we've never done before, showing cutting edge vehicles. So we do have an exhibit now showing a wide variety of drones. We have military drones and civilian drones, agricultural drones. That's kind of unique and all different shapes and sizes. So it is something different for us, but it's important to show people uh, new developments in aviation, not just the history, but what's going on today. So we're kind of unique that way in that we try to stay right on top of current developments. And you know, it, it, this leads me into what something else I was going to speak to you about. But speaking about the evolution and the developments, Long Island is so critical <laughs> in that sense. I'm from Queens, New York, right. but Long Island has so much hidden history in aviation that a lot of people may not know about. Right. Uh, it's pretty amazing how the very first pioneer aviators were here on Long Island. Uh, the Wright brothers were here on Long Island. And then military uh, aircraft production starting right after World War One, going up through the 1990s, really. And so many historic aircraft were built right here on Long Island. Uh, it's pretty impressive. Now, Josh, before you start walking us around and giving our viewers, <laughs> you guys are getting the inside here. This is a museum that you do not want to miss out. If you guys ever have the opportunity to come here, please check it out. But before we get into that, I have a couple of questions about you because I find your job, a lot of people find my job interesting. I find your job interesting because in my perspective, you're, you're like, you're in charge of preserving and telling people history. And aviation is something of a passion to me. What got you into uh, well, I've, uh, it's kind of a unique story, I guess. I've always been interested in aviation. I'm not sure why. Going back to when I was a little kid, loved airplanes. I uh, got a pilot's license before I had a driver's license and uh, flew for, for small planes for many years. And then when I went to college and grad school, I got a degree in museum work. So they've all kind of came together and uh, I was here in the right time, in the right place back in the uh, 80s when they wanted to start an aviation museum uh, on Long Island here. And I kind of I got hired to put it all together. That's incredible. <laughs> What's the, now, so you've been here since the 80s. Right. Before I was born. Now, <laughs> this museum, I'm sure, has changed uh, yeah, a well, lot. Right. What's uh, the biggest change? Well, there, uh, when I started, there was no museum. It was just starting to gather a collection together. And uh, 
locally get relevant aircraft and we didn't have a lot of money and we borrowed them and we got a lot of wrecks that we had to restore. So basically it was almost 20 years before we had the museum that you see now. It took 20 years to gather up the collection, get it restored, and then raise money for this big new building that we're in. So it went from nothing to really a major air and space museum over the course of a couple of decades. That's incredible, actually. <laughs> that is, is absolutely incredible. You have to be here to actually get the sheer the size of this museum and the amount of aircraft that are here. So Josh, let's take a look okay, around. Why don't you show us right? He's the expert. He's gonna show us a little bit. We're gonna go from the beginning to the kind of end here in history. And the listeners and the viewers, you guys are gonna get a very unique perspective here. Josh. Okay. Not only the exhibits, but the aircraft themselves, but just everything, the, the, the sets and everything around it, <laughs> right? right? We, we try to tell a story by putting the aircraft into their proper perspective, how they were used originally, and try to recapture a little of the flavor of the era that they operated in. So the first gallery is really before there were airplanes, what led to flight. So we start off with kites and balloons and gliders and show how that led into the first powered aircraft. And a lot of this experimentation was done right here on Long Island. That's incredible. <laughs> so I know I was reading something about the Wright brothers and you tell me if this is true or not. I, I to, to prevent people from copying their prototype, they would disassemble it and they were not using it. Was this something that the Wright brothers uh, regularly did? Uh, well, not so much disassembling it, but they hid it, hiding it. They actually developed, a, you know, a workable airplane in 1903, but then they patented the design and they didn't do any demonstrations for many years because they didn't want anybody to steal their ideas of how an aircraft would work. So they actually, for a few years, really didn't do anything while they were waiting for their patent to be approved and then do later public demonstrations and try to sell the aircraft to various governments. <laughs> and so I'm looking at some of these gliders here, and one of the first things that comes to mind is the fabric. From AMP school, we learned how to yeah, sew yeah. the fabric and the baseball yep. stitch. How much of that was done here on Long Island? I was all done here, building aircraft starting uh, 1908. They started building aircraft here. 1909, you have an example you'll see in the next gallery. And they were all just wooden fabric and held together with wire. The very first aircraft, very frail. And very brave people flying them. Yes. <laughs> okay, so we're really in the first gallery that features actual aircraft. And this covers the pioneer era, which is basically 1909, 1910, 1911. And uh, the earliest air meets in the United States were here on Long Island. Belmont Park meet in 1910 was the biggest air meet, one of the biggest in the world up until that point, where aviators from all over the world would come together and show off their newest machines and compete for various prizes. So we try to tr capture a little of that air meet feeling in this gallery uh, with several, uh, we have a couple replica aircraft, the Curtis uh, Golden Flyer, which was the first plane to fly on Long Island uh, hanging over uh, head. And the oldest aircraft in the museum is a Blario monoplane, uh, pictured over here and this was actually built in France in 1909 and was the first airplane ever imported to the United States and uh, the first flying school in the United States one of the first was right here on Long Island called the Moissant Aviation School and they flew these airplanes and we have a mannequin next to it of a woman dressed in purple and that's Harriet Quimby who was the first licensed American woman pilot and she learned to fly in 1910 right here on Long Island. That's pretty cool. <laughs> I'm just gonna go off script to see this such an old build from France, mm -hmm. and it's still in that reciprocating that that rotary type. Yeah, it doesn't rotate, but it's a radial engine. A radi yeah. radial yeah. engine. Yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. And then we get into uh, World War One. Now I ask you this: I, I think a lot of kids visiting camps and schools. Mm -hmm. 
out of the World War One, World War Two, the beginning, what interests the the, the, the kids? The younger kids uh, I the think kids are uh, most interested in uh, World War Two planes, jets, and spacecraft. Oh, they're <laughs> in the modern. So yeah, right. but World War One gallery features several uh, original World War One airplanes. They're all original, in fact. We have a Curtis Jenny suspended overhead, and that was actually Charles Lindbergh's first airplane. And that was the type of plane used on this airfield, Mitchell Field in World War One, which was a training field for pilots in the Army Air Service. So we have original Curtis Jenny, and then we have a World War One hangar scene, which features an original Jenny fuselage. You can see the inside of a World War One period airplane, and how it's all wood. It would have fabric over it and just wire braced. And so there was a lot of primary training going on in these airplanes at Mitchell Field. It's very interesting. This is a very unique cutaway of that. Without the fabric, I guess right. people kind of get to see. There was probably some craftsmanship. Oh yeah, to go oh, into yeah, these sure. Airplanes. Very skilled woodworkers and fabric work. Yeah, it's a little metal here and yeah, not too much. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, we have other World War One aircraft suspended overhead that visitors can see, and the exhibit cases featuring. We have original engines in every gallery and original artifacts and flying gear in every single gallery for uh, visitors to uh, see. So the next gallery is called the Golden Age of Flight, which is basically the period between the two world wars. It's the 1920s and 30s, and that's when flying really began to come of age. We had the first big aircraft manufacturing uh, beginning here on Long Island. We had the first airliners, commercial aviation began, and that was here on Long Island too. We feature several uh, original aircraft, and one of the prides of our collection is a uh, sister ship of the Spirit of St. Louis, uh, suspended overhead. And uh, Charles Lindbergh made the uh, historic first flight from New York to Paris, and he took off from Roosevelt Field, uh, more or less where the mall now is now. And uh, we have an original 1928 sister ship of the Spirit of St. Louis, so you can see the first plane to fly the ocean, which is pretty incredible. incredible. <laughs> I have to imagine too. Sure, and one of the reasons manufacturing began here so much is that we had some of the earliest airfields in the country. So we had good airports, you had a lot of skilled workers, and you had good transport, rail service, and roads into Manhattan. So it was really some of the earliest uh, manufacturers in the country sprang up here. Other early aircraft we have original examples of. We have a Curtis Robin, the Curtis factory was in Garden City, and then we have a Grumman Goose. Uh, which was built in the late 1930s by Grumman and uh, Bethpage, and they were actually used as small airliners by Pan American, so we kind of feature that too. Really? So this is from Bethpage, Long Island? Yeah. Well, was, let me ask you this, was right. MacArthur, was it actually like a, a big airport back then? Or Mark was it MacArthur just... began during World War II, it was a military airfield, oh. and they did uh, some, uh, it's an emergency airfield basically, and then right at, at the end of the war, uh, Sperry moved in there, Sperry Company, they developed instruments there, and then you had airliners in a commercial airfield after that, and then you had early airliners coming in there in the 50s. Wow. <laughs> uh, following the Golden Age, we get into World War II, which is certainly a very popular gallery. We had several major uh, aircraft manufacturers on Long Island during World War II. Grumman the biggest, and we feature three original World War II Grumman airplanes, a Wildcat suspended, an Avenger torpedo bomber, and a Hellcat fighter. And uh, really, they're mostly used by the Navy, uh, mostly in the Pacific, and it's really carried the brunt of the war in the uh, Pacific during uh, World War II. Another big manufacturer on Long Island was uh, Republic in Farmingdale, and they built the P-47 Thunderbolt, which was really one of the Army Air Corps' main fighters. And uh, suspended overhead is actually a troop glider 
Those were built by a couple firms on Long Island for landing troops behind enemy lines, like on D-Day, it would be towed, towed behind a transport plane, released over enemy territory filled with troops or supplies inside and land. And, uh, you know, it was better than spreading paratroopers out all over the countryside. Yeah. They could get a lot of guys in one place in a hurry. And those were built locally. So, uh, yes, we have a good collection of locally built aircraft in World War II. That's incredible. Yeah. I actually remember, and I've seen yeah. many World War II uh -huh. movies and historical yeah. documentaries, and I'm sure I've seen that. Oh, yeah, you have. Yeah. <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah. And following World War II, we have a gallery basically called the Jet Age, which covers the introduction of jet aircraft and new technology, and really when commercial aviation took hold on Long Island. So we have exhibits on uh, LaGuardia and Kennedy airports, oh. air traffic over Long Island, airliner cockpit visitors can sit in, uh, examples of uh, locally built civilian aircraft right after World War II. And uh, we have some military aircraft built on Long Island too in the uh, 1940s and 50s. So covering the uh, really beginning of commercial aviation when aviation became popular and everybody could fly. So And it was something of a, it, it was part of the, the experience of vacation, like traveling yeah. or something <laughs> that was, it was a distinguished form of travel, not so much. Like yeah, and, and expensive, a lot more expensive then than it is now. The prices really come down. So here we are, examples of other locally built aircraft and helicopters and some cockpits of aircraft uh, visitors can sit in. And then we get into a small exhibit on uh, aviation today. When we talk about, again, commercial aviation, we have a section on air traffic control that we're still working on. It's not quite done yet, but we're putting together. We have some, we're gonna have some touch screens where visitors can see all the air traffic going in and out of New York, which is gonna be kind of neat. So hopefully that'll be up and running soon. And examples of how aircraft work. And uh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, <laughs> and uh, a case of uh, oh, wow. of airliner models all in the same scale, uh, and these are what people can see over Long Island every day. So you can kind of identify the major types of aircraft. We try to keep it current when a new plane comes on Long Island, something else is phased out. So this is what you could see flying overhead every day on Long Island. And you know, it's interesting because as Josh was mentioning before. We have, if you're in the New York area, or if you're from Long Island, or you're from Queens, this is every single aircraft that flies over Long Island and New York. And they're also scale. It's pretty incredible when you start to see. We got the Queen up there, the 47. We got the 777 down here. We got the Beast over there, the 380, another Queen over there. It's incredible. And then, of course, JetBlue representing the local pride. And following that, we have a large gallery dealing with spaceflight because the history of spaceflight is very tied into what happened on Long Island. Uh, early rocketry experiments, we have suspended overhead a variety of rockets and missiles. These were all locally built in the 1940s and 50s, so we have a lot of history here. We have examples of a Mercury spacecraft and a Gemini spacecraft that visitors can sit in and showing how that all and the whole space race of the late 1950s, early 1960s led into Project Apollo and the most historic vehicle for Project Apollo is the lunar module that was built by Grumman. So we have examples. We have two original lunar modules. This one is uncompleted. Well, it has, doesn't have the outer skin on it. It's kind of a recreation of a clean room at Grumman showing how they were built. 
and people can see what's under the surface of the spacecraft. And these are the spacecraft that carried uh, all the astronauts to the moon, were built right here on Long Island, which is pretty amazing. Everyone is a local product that uh, took Neil Armstrong and Buzz up to the moon. And then we have an original lunar module uh, that was never went to the moon. They canceled the last few missions. So this is a Project Apollo lunar module built in Bethpage, just like the ones that carry the astronauts to the moon. And people don't even know that all these spacecraft that carry men to the moon were built right here on Long Island. I actually didn't know all of that. I, <laughs> yeah. that was incredible. So, so that was it being built in the yes, game room? Yes, yes. And then this is what it would have looked like when if it, it was would have done. been sent. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. It is much larger than, than, <laughs> really? the, than the TV and yeah. the black and whites yeah. portray it. Yeah, yeah. So there's so much technology and they say it's nothing compared to modern. Oh yeah, it was pretty primitive. This is almost, this is really 1962 technology. You know, there were no computer screens in the, yeah. in the module. It wasn't, wasn't invented yet, you know? So, pretty amazing. <laughs> So this uh, hangar, these are all kind of in open storage. They're not uh, finished exhibits here. We're gonna be putting up a new building on uh, that side of the complex, the west side, and that's gonna have all the more modern aircraft in it. So we have uh, several uh, modern jets in here, a Grumman F-14 Tomcat, an A-6 Intruder, and an A-10 Thunderbolt. Uh, these are still being used in the Mideast for close air support with American troops. We have the front end of uh, 707, which is gonna be part of a future uh, commercial aviation exhibit. We actually let visitors go in this so they could actually sit in the cockpit of a modern, uh, a relatively modern commercial airliner. So we have some other uh, more modern aircraft in storage and they'll go into a big new building we hope to build uh, next year. So it should be something uh, down the road that's big and new and exciting here at the museum. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there's a hatch uh, in the uh, cockpit with the ladder where they can go down and access some of this stuff in flight. <laughs> and I ask you this as a response, do you think one day it's possible that they may take one pilot out? I think they probably will save money. I think the flight will be automated yeah. and there'll be one guy to just keep a die on the things. <laughs> keep an AC in there. Yeah. So yeah. I, I really did appreciate your time yeah. today. You well, know, your, your knowledge and experience great. is incredible. Being somebody that's passionate <laughs> about aviation, I really did appreciate that's it. But being a museum curator, mm -hmm. What is, I'd say, do, do you have an airplane that you would like to personally add to this collection? Oh boy, there are so many uh, historic planes that have been built on Long Island. Uh, some of them just don't exist anymore. They're so expensive that we could uh, never afford to get one. Um, there was one plane, uh, historic, really beautiful airplane built in the mid-1930s called the Seversky P-35. It was a beautiful silver fighter. And the Seversky company later became Republic Aviation, which built the famous P-47 in World War II. But this beautiful silver P-35 they built in the 30s was the ancestor of the P-47 that evolved into it. And there's only like two left in the world and they're beautiful airplanes and I don't think we'll ever see one. But uh, look online at P-35, the beautiful airplane built right here on Long Island. So that's something that'd be nice to add someday. What's your, <laughs> what's your most memorable experience in this museum? <laughs> Uh, there have been so many gathering up this collection. Everyone is really uh, a different story. Getting the collection, meeting. I've met so many famous people over the years here. Neil Armstrong, Buzz Aldrin. Oh yeah, so many people, uh, famous people have been here. Uh, but um, And getting the aircraft. Um, the, one story that comes to mind is the troop glider that you see suspended in the museum, the Waco CG4. We found that in a farmer's field in eastern Pennsylvania. 
Uh, at the end of World War II, the farmer bought the plane for surplus for a couple hundred bucks because they were dumping him. And he didn't care about the plane, but he wanted the big wooden crates that came in. He made them into chicken coops. And he literally dumped the airplane out in his field. And uh, we found the remains of it in uh, the mid 80s and spent probably close to 10 years restoring it. So that was a, you know, a great find. And if we didn't take it out of that field, it wouldn't exist anymore. It would have been gone. Josh, right. stop. Okay. Thank you so much. Uh, I really right. do appreciate your time. Oh, great. Well, thanks for thank coming down. Appreciate it. Take your time looking you. around. And I hope other people come and enjoy sir. the museum. Thanks, sir. All right. Thank you.